Welcome to I Am Divine, mastering your intuition with psychic mediums and spiritual psychology coaches and science of mind practitioners, Paula Hunter and Kim Garden. This is Paula Hunter. And this is Kim Garden. And welcome to another episode of I Am Divine, a spiritual podcast where you will discover your psychic potential within by learning skill sets that develop and master your spiritual gifts. We will teach you about universal truths that will empower you to manifest a life you truly desire. We are here to remind you who you are, the powerful badass that you are, the divine I am. Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome to another episode of I Am Divine, the podcast. We are so lucky and so excited to be sharing our space today with Jessica Selva. Jessica is a spiritual psychology coach, author of the How to Heal Your Mother Wound, host of the Wake Up with Jessica podcast, and soul design expert. Jessica says that using a combination of spiritual psychology and human design, Jessica guides women on a powerful journey of self-discovery and transformation, helping them tap into their unique gifts and abilities to master success in all areas of their lives. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my God, we're so excited to have you. There's so many areas that we could go into. But the first question, that we always like to ask our guests is what started your spiritual journey okay so where to begin (laughs) (laughs) so my spiritual journey uh it's it's always like a story in a story since i remember always being able to see spirit i always see energy since i was a very little i could sense like a dirty energy from people or like a good energy from people and as i was growing up for me it was so natural to see you know spirit and angels and spirit of the nature and i remember that i would just you know play with them and around so my spiritual journey truly has begun from the opposite version it's not from awakening but it's from darkening from going to a dark place because my mom when I was very little she said I was too old to have imaginary friends and she didn't want to hear and she didn't want to accept that I was able to see spirit and I would be like I don't I'm not gonna go there like he has bad energy I don't want to you know I don't want to do it but it's your uncle I'm like I don't care like Yes, bad energy. I want to stay awake. Or, well, I I can clearly see your angel. They're telling you this. And so um, I was forced to hide my gifts. I had this perception that it was not good. It was crazy. I would always be laughed at from my father and my brother and also from the rest of the family because, you know, I just said, I'm just crazy. You just say crazy things. Like, this is all mambo jumbo. And so I had to hide my spiritual gifts to be accepted, to be part. And so from that moment, really, I took on all of this different mask of false identity, who I'm supposed to be. If I cannot be myself, who am I mm-hmm. supposed to be? Okay, so I'm, I'm going to please my parents because they know better, right? They are my parents. They know who I am. Yeah. And so I went through this journey throughout my teenage years where I had to really live a double life. One, when I was at home doing my things, reading about chakras and doing Reiki and connecting with my angels. And the other one where I would just go out partying, you know, and drinking and, you know, bitching about people and getting into fights, not going to school. And all of those things. So there was a moment that I clearly remember when I was 21 years old. That's, I call it my true awakening moment. 
because since then I still felt the connection, but I never claimed it. I never claimed it in my life. I didn't say, okay, this is who I am going to be. Okay, I was scared. But when I was 21 years old, I moved to London from Italy. And that's when I declared to myself that I want to discover who I am. I want to embody the truest version of me because I was not happy. Like no matter how good I was at school, no matter how good I was at my job, I was not happy. Well, it makes sense. I mean, like literally a tug of war of identity. It's like, you know, you're sitting there thinking like, who the fuck am I? Like, it's like you want to be like in alignment with yourself and really be who you are. But feeling like that, I would say like that need to please your parents and almost pretend to be somebody you're not. Like, I could see how that that would almost feel like such a tug of war. Indeed. And it required a lot of energy to fake you know, and that's the only thing I knew how to do, how to be someone else. Mm -hmm. And that's what I hated the most. I was suffering. I was frustrated. I was depleting myself. And it took a while. (laughs) It took a while to detoxify and, and reclaim myself. You know, I went as well through physical challenges. There was a time throughout my young adulthood, I was about 25 years old, when I get the job, I get the position. You know, I come from Asia background, my father's Filipino, so it has all about to, to, you know, get in the best position, be beautiful, but be humble, okay? Be very successful, but not more than your man. You know, you have to support your family, but have to have your own money and all of this social construct. And I collapsed, like my body said, no more. And so one day I woke up and I wasn't able to see from my left eye. And so I went to hospital. I had emergency eye surgery on both eyes because I was risking to become blind. I have recovered from that, but I was legit blind from one mouth. And that was like the deepest, deepest, darkest moment mm-hmm. of awakening of my life. I always find that so amazing how those emotions and the things that we hold back, how it does manifest in the physical frame. And I love it because you're saying I was kind of hiding who I was, not being able to see who I was and having that really manifest in the physical environment where you were starting to lose your eyesight. Yes, I always say I literally refused to see that I was suffering. I build up such a strong, powerful story around the reason why I am a spiritual warrior and I have to fight and go through all this pain and don't eat, don't drink, always work out because the body has to be perfect. The presence has to be perfect. Your bank account has to be perfect. And then what truly matters, which is me, my body, my health, that's what said, you know what, Jessica? Let's close the eyes. Let's start to look inward because that's what you have been avoiding. And I remember the first week of my recovery where I was blind. I wasn't able to even like move from my room. I had friends taking care of me. And I remember just crying, just crying because all of that pain that I have suppressed throughout the years, all of the desperation and all of the suffering that I have been enduring finally was able to actually be released it's amazing how and we've seen this how it's that trauma it's that situation that is the wake-up call and we see it so often with the spiritual awakening we have to hit the wall and have that challenge in order for us to look at things and see things from a different perspective Mm -hmm. for the first time even (laughs) on your journey were you as connected to know that when you lost your sight that you were forced to look in deeper or did you look at it from I want to say like almost like more of a human aspect of like how can I word it of what the hell yeah (laughs) thank you (laughs) 
<laughs> exactly, right? Um, I think in that moment, I had the final confrontation between the two identities that I was embodying, my my true self, the one who is connected and one and felt that, you know, this is my time to rest, to recharge, to detoxify and connect with my energy. That's when really my Reiki powers and energy healing has blossomed because the only thing I was able to was to you work with my energy while I wasn't, you know, you can't read, you can't draw, you can't watch TV. <laughs> there are so many things you can, you can cook, you know, yeah. you're restricted in so many ways. And so the only thing that I was doing every single day was Reiki. Like I would wake up and Reiki and Reiki, 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 and I would connect with my angel. I would go in Akashic Records. I would just work through meditation and hypnosis to heal my body, to understand why my sight was forced in this way. And I always had a very strong clarisentience and voyance I could hear and feel and perceive. And I am quite aware of my dreams. I am conscious in my dreams. And I remember I saw all my 12 angels with me and they were just like, wake up. <laughs> I love it. Wake up. Wake up. This, this is your call. The tough part was that all the things that I have worked on so hard to do for other people, I always had this limiting belief, by the way, mm -hmm. that you have to give. So then when you will need, it's going to come back to you. Well, the way I was giving, whether it was my money, my time, my energy, my love, my attention, when then I need it, nobody has given to me. Like I have a few friends. I, I lost a lot of friends when I lost my sight. Uh, the true friend really showed up. I broke up with my boyfriend. I lost my father. My father passed away during this time. I broke up with a relationship with my brother. I was arguing all the time with my mom. I mean, every single relationship in my life is just scattered because that old identity now was no longer there. And it was tough. But because I am aware, because I know everything is there for a reason, and because I know it is for my highest good and for my evolution, and every single challenge that I face, no matter how hard it was, it was because there is so much more love available to me that I just need to realign to, I was able to pull myself up. And the negative side, I would say, that my human side was that I thought I had to do it alone. Mm -hmm. And this is why I have become who I am right now, like a spiritual psychology coach. I work every day with energy, with spirit. And even the book that I wrote about the mother wound is explaining in very simple terms, like the roadmap for spiritual water, for empowering you to break free from all the chain of the past, all healing your wounds, step into a life of, of true love and joy and prosperity and fulfillment by reclaiming your autonomy, your responsibility in your life, because stuff happens. Gosh, life challenges us, but you can <laughs> yeah. choose to see it as I've been punished. You know, the universe has a lesson for me, like God hates me and like my, my life is hard. You know, you can choose to see it that way. You can see it like, okay, what's the truth? What this challenge is showing to me? How mm. can I improve? How can I be better myself? What are the things that I'm not actually saying and sharing? So for me, it was a lot to do with, okay, I am not able to see, okay, what does it mean? Where do I have to connect? What I have been refusing to see, and I refuse to see my suffering. So where did that lead you to? What was your next step? My next step was that my entire life just scattered, as I said, like everything mm -hmm. just breaks, you know, you break out of the matrix, you lift the veil. And so all your old identity just breaks. And again, you could go down and be depressed, which I was for a while, mm -hmm. or you can see it as, okay, literally every single relationship in my life is gone to that. 
what does this say about me? That these are not very true loving connection. Even the way I built my rapport with my, with my mom, and this is also the main reason why I wrote this book, Healing the Mother Wound, because the relationship with my mom, it was always about arguing. It was never accepting. Uh, she was scared about my spiritual gift. So she implanted that fear that if I embody myself, then I'm going to be in danger, that I'm going to be alone, that nobody's going to accept me. And so for a very long time, I believed that. I believed that I was alone in this. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting, you know, how many times we feel like we have to hide. And when we talk about the limiting beliefs, what has been instilled upon us, accepted by us, but how it really truly does become our reality at the end of the day and how important it is to step out of that. You know, when you were talking earlier about how you had to put on your mask, how you weren't able and you had to hide who you were. And I think for those of us that are sensitive, intuitive, psychic, mediums, whatever terms you want to use, how many people hide in the shadows, afraid to embrace their gifts because somebody else is afraid of them, mm -hmm. you know, and how empowering it is to say, hey, I choose not to be somebody I'm not any longer. I'm choosing mm -hmm. to see, as we say, the divine being within. And embracing that stepping forward, irregardless of whether somebody outside of myself understands that or not. It's not for them to judge and I don't need validation from anyone else. So it's so powerful, you know, you having to go through that experience of losing your sight in order to look within into those dark places. I make the joke about hauling the skeletons out of the closet and being able to look at them, face them and heal what needs to be healed. Like that is huge, huge work. And yet it is the most empowering work that we will ever do because then you really, truly step into who you are. Indeed. Okay. And I want to add on what you just said and the, the connection, the connection that you build within yourself as a divine, it will forever be in you because one thing that i keep repeating to myself is that i was alone in this because again i've been told to but then once i started to open up my gift and i started to put out in a universe that you know i want to find my soul family i want to find my soul sisters and my soul brothers and kim know this very well like whenever i meet someone or someone that i have this true connection whether it's my client whether it's someone you know passing by i just call you my soul sister because now I have a community, I have people that have experienced similar things like me, that have not been seen, recognized for their amazing, unique power. Mm -hmm. And yeah. we've been belittled by social construct, by cultural programming, by some type of authority or perceived authority that we are less than nothing. Well, it's the absolute lie because we are everything and we are a walking miracle. And so I, in my work, in my book, in every single page of this book, it's literally imprinted this energy, this energy of you can heal yourself. You have the power to choose who you want to become. And this is the way to do it by asking yourself the right questions. In fact, the book, How to Heal the Mother Wound, which is truly how to reconnect with your inner divine feminine, how to love yourself more. It teaches you about love languages. It teaches you about childhood wounding from the past, betrayal, abandonment, rejection, humiliation. It teaches you about the toxic relationship between the mother and the daughter. Because let's be all be honest, it all starts from there. Our mother is the blueprint of how we give love, how do we receive love, and how we love ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I have asked in this lifetime 
to have my mom to show me that through a lot of challenge. <laughs> Guides have always said, you know, that's how we truly learn is through the challenges. If life was always easy, we would never learn. We, I think we would tend to take things for granted a little bit. But when we go through the challenges, I think we have a lot more respect for, you know, the good things in our lives too, and what we're really creating at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I love you, Jessica. Since the day I met you is like, you've always been this like spiritual warrior to me. And like to hear all that you are providing in your book, really, it, it just seems like it's just another, you are bringing that tribe together. It's like you as that leader, I just see you in this like like I'm envisioning as like literally the spiritual warrior with like this great gear on you know what I mean like that old ancient kind of style of stuff but bringing those people together um and and helping them see the light that is within and I think that that is one of your superpowers and then even going back to you know your podcast wake up with Jessica and hearing you know that message when you were saying your angels were literally saying wake up wake up I thought that was you know what a powerful message from your your angels and your guides to be able to help you shine that light light on yourself. With going back to your book, is there something that you would like to share with the people listening that you think is something that they might need to know today? Yes, absolutely. One part of my book, which is something that I have, you know, created myself, okay, I have created these archetypes of the relationship that you have with your mother, because there are many different schools, but they are not all complete. And so throughout my study and throughout my experiences with my client, I have reunited eight different archetypes. And so I think this is truly the life-changing chapter, which is a chapter four of the eight toxic mother and daughter relationships, because that you get to understand what is the role that you are playing within the, I call it the emotional tango that you have with your mom, because the relationship that you have with your mom is a reflection of your divine feminine, but it's much easier for us to understand if we are actually, you know, seeing as a person. And so understanding that you're actually playing a part, you are taking on an identity that is not you. As you said, like before, even I took all this mask and we tend to have two to four different archetypes all at once, depending on the situation. So in my case, I had the controlling mother. My mom was very controlling, very manipulating. And and I saw I was the rebellious daughter. And so every time she would say A, I would do B. But guess what? It's always the opposite of what your mom says. So you never do what you want. You do just the opposite of what she says. So you're still playing the toxic relationship with her. Mm-hmm. And so there is a disconnection between who you are and there is the, all the buildup of self-doubt in the decision because, okay, well, she said no, so I must do it, right? Uh-huh. So I have to prove it wrong because if I prove it wrong, then she's going to accept me. She's going to see it that I'm right. Um, another one very, uh, also very popular is the codependent mother, you know, the enmeshed mother, the emotionally enmeshed mother. <laughs> And the lost daughter. My mom is an emotional generator, which means she lives on emotionality and she has this very powerful energy around herself. So whenever she feels happy, everybody's happy. Whenever she feels stressed or worried, well, we all feel that. And so whatever she was going through emotionally, her not being taught how to manage her emotion, me, actually, she never taught me how to handle my emotion. So what I was imprinted of is like, I am responsible for my mom's emotion. And how many of us are? Like, if my mom is angry, well, I have to do everything impossible to make her happy. And again, that's not living your truth. That's not living what you want to do because you will only do things to please someone else. Mm-hmm. And it will reflect everywhere in your life. And her, hence, you become lost. Mm-hmm. You play the role of being lost. 
And so you're always attached to someone else who you feel there is an authority. They have all things figured out because you want that connection. The third one that I have, and then there are eight in total, is the, the critical mother. My mom is very critic. She has her opinion on everything because her mother wound with my grandmother was that, you know, she was the jaded mother. She was not emotionally available. And so she had to play another role where she had to prove all the time that she was worth it. And so she became, for me, the critical mother. So everything I would do, she would always give me an advice which was not an advice. It was a criticism. But I want to say this, and this is the truth for every single mom and daughter relationship, even the one with you and your daughters. If you are being critical constantly, only thing you are achieving is creating self-doubt into the other person. Because if you are trying to give advice when not requested, you're only telling them they are wrong. They are broken. They're not perfect. They're not lovable unless they do as you say. And for me, that one, it came more and more often into my relationship with my mom. And I accept my mom for who she is in all her different facets because she has also beautiful sides. Okay. And it's not just criticizing my mom. It's about me. It's about how am I behaving? I feel lost. Yeah. Because I keep saying, I keep doing this opposite things of my mom. I don't know who I am. (laughs) she keeps criticizing me so everything I, ha- I have to do I have to do perfectly yeah but perfection doesn't exist I'm not allowed to make mistakes I feel a failure so sometimes I don't even do things that I want to because I'm afraid I'm gonna lose and what if what if I lose then I'm gonna be told off by my mom because she's the critical <laughs> mother right yeah it's like you can't and win. all of these yeah you can't win and so we that's that's the reason why we feel trapped in our life That's why we feel overwhelmed. That's why we want to manifest financial freedom and soulmate and a perfect body. But we feel stuck Mm because we do not know how to listen to ourselves because we have to wear all of these masks. And so in my book, this part specifically, it really helps you unpack to a very basic, simple language, okay, through journaling questions, every single one of them. Powerful. That's amazing. I was just going to say say the same thing. It really sounds like quite a powerful book that is there that's going to help provide the tools and the understanding so you can take your power back and begin to make changes in your life from that perspective. So that's, I mean, we need it so much. And I think especially from the female perspective, it's really mm-hmm. important right now. I think it's interesting because I never really thought of it, but you know, your mom is the, is, is your role model and she's the one who is supposed to empower you and pass down those good qualities. But I think with a lot of parents too, is sometimes they aren't emotionally available. Sometimes they have their own self doubts and insecurities. And so what they are passing down is it's their own beliefs. So you can totally see how our beliefs can go through our lineage. Epigenetics. There's our yeah, room. Yeah, absolutely. There is a chapter on epigenetics and matriarchal trauma. There is a chapter on <laughs> spiritual escapism. You know, it's like this is a transformative book. Mm-hmm. It embarks you in a journey of self-discovery, starting from the very beginning, which is your not self, mm-hmm. because that's not you. Whoever you think you are right now is not you. Because otherwise you will have all the things you want in your life. But if you don't, you're not there, that means you're not self. And then you have to understand what is your unhealthy patterns, the limiting belief, why you're maybe practicing spiritual escapism. You know, you're running away and doing meditation. I feel so bad. I feel, okay, let me meditate. So I feel good. I feel good. And then the bad thing happened again. And it, we just become this positive junkie. Okay, I need to run. I need to run. No, you, you, okay, 
what the anger is trying to tell me. What is the hidden message? It's a self-discovery, right? It's a self-reflection. It's practical action to untangle these patterns and to heal the emotional wound that is at the core base, to grow a strong sense of self that is based on love and abundance. So um, I love my book, of course. <laughs> Obviously, I love <laughs> <course>. my book. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I love it. Uh, I wrote it myself. But this book is just goes beyond analysis. It goes beyond providing with practical tools. It is a shift of mindset, shift of sense of self, healing at the core level. And it teaches you how to communicate how to express yourself, how to speak to the person that is behaving in that cycle of toxicity, right? Yeah. I want to ask you, where can people get this book? Because I know we're, we're going to attach a link below, but for those just listening, where can we get this book? Because I think that it could be life-changing for so many people. Yes, it's available on Amazon. Mm -hmm. um, alternatively, you can always find on my website or on my Instagram in the link of my bio amazing. This brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you so much, Jessica, for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode of I Am Divine. And as always, thank you for listening. If you enjoy our show, please rate our podcast and be sure to come back next week where we will be bringing you highlights from our Ask Us Anything. So until then, this is Paula and Kim. And don't forget that you are a powerful I Am Divine badass. This podcast was created by Paula Hunter and Kim Garden. We welcome you to join our private Facebook group, I Am Divine, to connect with other like-minded individuals and be part of our special events that will only be found in our private community. We would love to hear your feedback on today's podcast and on any other topics that you would like to know more about. For more information about our podcast, information on Kim and Paula, our special events, spiritual coaching, training programs, or even to book a private reading with Kim or Paula, we invite you to visit our website at www.iamdivine.ca.